2: Solomon says this, if you'll obey your parents, if you'll follow their guidance, it will crown your life with grace and make you honorable. In other words, it will show. If a student or a young person obeys their parents, there will be a charisma in their life. There'll be a peace in their life. Now, they won't always enjoy it because we want to do our own thing. But if you will be obedient, there'll be a part of your life that when people see you walking, it's as if you had gold chains around you. Your life is going right. You're obeying your parents.
0: Proverbs are rules of thumb for living a life of faith in God's world. In today's message here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark shows us that Solomon addresses the son and encourages him to listen to the rules of thumb his father and mother teach him because this instruction will prove to be a great prize for him. On the other hand, parents, especially fathers, should not ignore the emphasis in this book on their role in teaching their children. Parents are the primary educators of their children in Proverbs, and that role should not be neglected. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 28, for part 1 of our message entitled, Wisdom in the Home.
1: Lord, let your let's
2: turn to the book of Proverbs. You remember a few weeks ago I shared with you the principle of wisdom. We learned that wisdom is living life according to God's point of view, with God's values, and God's timing. We learned a few weeks ago that wisdom, the primary source of wisdom, comes from God. Turn, if you will, you're in Proverbs, just hold your finger right there in Proverbs chapter 1, just hold your finger there, we'll be back in a moment, or make a mark for it. Turn back to Genesis chapter 1. I want to share with you some principles that Solomon is teaching us. In Genesis, we see the beginnings of human life on this earth. And God gave us many principles that were to be there. Look down in verse 27 and 28, chapter 1. So God created man in his own image... In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them. Notice in just what I read there, God blessed them. This is the character of God. God wants to bless. He wants to bless people. He wants to encourage people. He wants people to to enjoy life. Notice the second thing in verse 28. The very first commandment from God comes here. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. In other words, make love, have sexual activity between a husband and wife, and produce children. And fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So, the first thing we see is God created a man and a woman. And that created the home. And the first commandment we have from God is about the home. How interesting that the home is to be, as you see there, a male and a female. Both. Not two males. Not two females. Not one male. Nobody else. Not one female. Nobody else. A male and a female. I'll be sharing with you over the next couple weeks out of this last week's Newsweek. The single mom. Why the traditional family is fading fast. And what it means for our kids. So we see what the standard was to be. And Adam and Eve then were given some other commands. You know that. The tree of life. So we have at this table in the paradise a husband and a wife. The two of them. And God came to them, the two of them, and gave them some commands and told them how to live, what to do. He gave them, you remember, when I could take time, that I didn't. He gave them one command, don't do this. Don't go to the tree. You can have all the rest. I want you to prove your love for me. Well, we know that Adam and Eve blew it. They disobeyed God. They had sinned in their lives and thus God removed them from the garden. But when they left the garden... There was still a husband and a wife. It was still the two of them. That was the home. That's the way it was defined by God. They were still together. Now turn over to Genesis chapter 4. Now as time went by, Adam and Eve began to obey the very first command God gave them. Chapter 4 verse 1. Now Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. And gave birth to Cain. And she said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. And later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. So here's what we have now. We had Adam and Eve. They obeyed God's command. And into that home, in this particular case, came two children. In this particular case, two males, Cain and Abel. Now, The primary source of all wisdom is from who? It's from God. But there is a secondary source of wisdom, and it's found in the home. So the primary source of wisdom is always from God, but the secondary source of wisdom, how to do life right, is found in the home. Now, what were the responsibilities of Adam and Eve? Let's just say this is over on this side would be Adam and Eve. They were together. What were Adam and Eve's as a husband and wife? What were there? And by the way, this teaching tonight is for students, children, young adults, parents, single moms, single dads, grandparents, singles looking to get married. This teaching covers all of that. So we have a, a dad and a mom now. And they're still in relationship as husband and wife. What is their responsibility to their family over here? Is there any responsibility? Well, before you answer, remember this. Here we are. We're in this tent. We're outside of the Garden of Eden now. We're in the real world, the world we live in, full of sin. There is no school. There is no church. There is no government. There's just this the family what is the responsibility of the husband and wife well the responsibility of the husband and wife simply is this to teach and model how to live life to their children you see these two boys Cain and Abel were to learn everything about life from who their parents don't forget this. Now, in the home is where life begins to teach us. I was reading the other day, a young boy aged nine said, I've learned this at home. I've learned there's never a snow day on the day I have a big test. Those of you who live up north know what that means. Here's what a 15 year old said. I've learned that if you leave clothes in an ironing pile long enough, you'll outgrow them and you can sell them in a yard sale. <laughs> Here's a young person age 33. I've learned that you shouldn't buy cheap shoes, cheap tools, or cheap toilet paper. (laughs) I like it. Now you can imagine when Cain and Abel were old enough to really begin to converse with mom and dad, Adam and Eve, what kind of talking went on at this table? You can imagine Adam and Eve saying to their two sons, you know, God is really a good God. God. And can you imagine Adam saying something like this? Cain and Abel, when you have a command from God, mm, best thing, obey it. Why, why would Adam say that? Because he learned. When he would say to Cain and Abel, you know, as you're planting those food over there and you got those thorns in your fingers, I'm responsible. You know, as Eve is over here saying, man, when I birthed you guys, what a pain. I'm responsible. See, they would begin to share what they had learned about life and God. And they would take that information and transfer it to their children. The principle that I just outlined for you is the plan of God for the home It has never changed. And yet we've changed it. And the world has changed it. That principle has never, ever changed. Now, when Adam and Eve began talking, I'm sure Adam sitting over here said to his sons, Guys, you know, when God told us, there was only one thing we had to be careful of. When he told us that, and we sinned, I have to say to you that we blew it. And I can share with you two guys, it was perfect. It was awesome. It was paradise. But we blew it. And when we did that, Adam and Eve would say to their sons, Man, we knew we sinned. We were filled with guilt. We ran and hid. And yet God came looking for us. God's still a good God. And he's given us another chance. And guys, you just need to learn to obey your parents and to obey God. Because life will be good for you. It's never going to be perfect again because sin has separated us from God. But you know what God told us, Cain and Abel? He he said he was going to take care of that sin problem. He, He was going to send somebody. I don't know how that's going to be, but in the future there's somebody coming that's going to take care of that sin problem. So in the home, right from the beginning... The home, I love Chuck Swindoll, he says this, The home is where life makes up its mind. You see, in our homes is where our kids are to make up their mind about how to live life. And they're to learn from Christian parents. In this home where Adam and Eve are, these boys... Pick yourself up, put yourself here. Even a single parent, just put yourself here. Just remove one chair. Same principles apply. No different. You have a mom or you have a single dad and you have a boy or girl or children. In that home is where these children are to learn their character. They're going to learn to uh, attitudes about life and memories. They're going to learn about beliefs. They're going to they're know about God. And they're going to know that because children are designed by God to imitate Their parents. Now that's a scary thing, isn't it? The scariest thing is that when you get older, and your parents get older, and you get to be my age, and then people go, I'm getting just like my old dad was. That is not a good thing. But that's what happens. We become like that. We're to imitate our parents. Now, let's head back to Proverbs. You were there at one time. Chapter 1. Let's see what Solomon says about this. Now, remember, let's, let's, let's bring back to memory who Solomon is, so you'll grab it tonight as we go through. Solomon had a dad and a mother. Who were Solomon's dad and mom? David and Bathsheba. Now, remember, David and Bathsheba's first son died. So Solomon was a special child because he lived. Now, Solomon, in the first seven chapters, actually, of Proverbs... It's about this. The first seven chapters of Proverbs is about a dad and a mom giving instruction to their children. It will say son, but it applies with daughter the same. So really the first seven chapters of Proverbs is Solomon relating back to when he had his dad and his mom and the things they taught him and how he applied them in his life. Now you'll see later he didn't do a very good job. But that's what the first seven chapters are really all about. So obviously we're not going to cover all the seven chapters tonight. And I'll probably spend two or three weeks in this area. And then we'll move along as we move through the book of Proverbs. But look at verse 8. Proverbs. Solomon speaking. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. So in verse 8 we have the command. The command is this. Students... Kids, listen up. Listen to dad. Don't blow off what mom says. Don't forget it. So, what they're saying is, by the way, this instruction in the Hebrew means this. Warning and correction, as well as just teaching. So, when a mom and dad warns you and corrects you, that's part of teaching and we'll learn some more about that next week when there are when there are some fences put around your life, and of course those fences expand as you get older, that's a loving parent. This command involves more than just talking. It involves more than a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad talking to the kids. It really involves, just write this word down, following an example. So what does that mean? Well, it means it's more than a lecture. It means it's a lifestyle. As we were getting ready to leave Bradford, England on uh, Wednesday afternoon, we were trying to figure out how to get back to Glasgow, in Scotland. And the pastor said, well, you go here, and you go going there, and you turn the left or right, and you go through the roundabout, and you're going to stand the right side of the road. And you, <laughs> he said, forget it. I'll just lead you out to the road. So he got in his car and led us out to the road. Much easier. That's what life's supposed to be about parent isn't just to sit over here in this chair and go, Okay, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. I couldn't do that when I was a kid. You know, I walked 12 miles to the snow when I was a kid going to. You remember some of those things. And just giving us that stuff over and over. It's more than that. It's like, let me show you how it's done. So you take them aside and they follow that example. Well, there's more to this. Solomon goes on. As he's talking about that command, in verse 9, we give the outcome We see the outcome if a student, if a child, if a young person obeys. It says this. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. In the New Living Translation, it says this. What you learn from your parents will crown you with grace and clothe you with honor. Today... Kids, especially those that have bucks, get these huge gold chains, you know, but like that. And you wonder, how in the world these kids buy these things and put them around their neck? And they adorn their neck. Well, this is what Solomon's saying. He says instead of chains that can be bought, big gold chains that can put around there, Solomon says this, if you'll obey your parents, if you'll follow their guidance... It will crown your life with grace and make you honorable. In other words, it will show. If a student or a young person obeys their parents, there will be a charisma in their life. There will be a peace in their life. Now, they won't always enjoy it because we want to do our own thing. But if you will be obedient, there will be a part of your life that when people see you walking, it's as if you had gold chains around you. Your life is going right. You're obeying your parents. That's what Solomon says. Now, Solomon knew from what he was talking because he had another brother that did not obey at all. Now, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Now, verse 8 and 9, there's one thing you want to write by verse 8 and 9. This assumes that both parents already fear God and they love God. And they're growing in knowledge. Remember back in verse five from last, uh, two weeks ago in verse five, and the wise continue to get wiser. It's not like the parents go, well, you know, I, I've been a parent now and I'm learning things since I was 22, but I've been a parent 30 years and it's fine. No, that's not the kind of parent that you're still supposed to be learning. You're supposed to be getting wise. Now, Solomon goes on. He says something very interesting. And I want to give you three possibilities, three scenarios involving the command, and the obedience that he just gave. Here's the first one, you see it on the overhead. Let's suggest tonight that at this table in a home, both parents are Christians, and the children or the students, the young people, are obedient. What is the outcome? What can we expect from this home? What will happen in this home if both children obey godly parents? If they do that... What you can expect is these children at a young age will understand authority. Is that an important thing? Or it's a very important thing? They will understand that somebody's in charge and it's not them. They will understand that at a young age. That will go well for them because then later when they go to school, remember, initially there was no school, there was no church, There was no government. It was the home's responsibility to raise the children. That's not changed. We'll talk more about that later. But later, these kids would get driver's licenses. When they saw the speed limit, if they learned authority in the home at a young age, would it help them as they learned to drive? Certainly. When they get their first job, and the boss says you have to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning, Learning that at a young age, will that help them in the job? Yes, it will. Then the third step of that is, so initially they learn to submit to authority in the home. Then they learn to submit to authority outside the home. And then eventually, they become the authority. You see, if you can submit to authority, you can have authority. So they'll become, these kids will grow up and will change places. They'll come over here. They'll be the mom, they'll be the dad, they'll be the owners, they'll be raising the kids, they'll be the people that have a shop and say, you have to be here at 9 o'clock. See how it works? All of that comes from a mom and a dad that love God, and children that are overall, overall obedient. Are there any perfect homes? No. So you don't have a mom and dad that are perfect, and you don't have children that always obey. But I'm talking in general. That's a scenario. By the way, what I just described for you is God's plan. A mother, a dad, both love the Lord. They raise their children in their fear and admonition of the Lord. The kids come to know the Lord at a young age. They understand it. They're normal kids. They get in trouble, all the rest of the stuff. Parents fail, all the, just like all of us do. But overall, good stuff comes out of that. That's the plan. That was created in the Garden of Eden. But sin came in, made it tougher That's where we live today. It moved out, but the plan is exactly the same. Now, let's go to the second scenario. Parents know God, but the students or the children overall are disobedient. They don't follow God. They don't want to have anything to do with God. Now, what happens? Well, look at verse 9. Just read it a different way. Read it in the negative. Let me give you my paraphrase of it. Since you refuse to obey and be submissive, instead of a submissive neck, watch, instead of the submissive neck that had what, the gold about it, what kind of a neck would a kid have if he refuses? He'll have a stiff neck. He'll be a stiff neck person, refusing to submit. The Bible has a lot to say. If you want homework this week, follow stiff neck through you'll come across some very interesting verses. So you'll have a stiff neck, and it will lead you down a road of destruction. So, in this particular case, Solomon, and and I'll have more to say about it, in verse 10 to 19, just just let me follow it. In verse 10 to 19, here's what it says. Always, you have a parent saying, come this way, come this way. Always, there is an alternative road. And it's usually unsaved kids. And they say, oh no, come this way. This is the peer pressure. Peer pressure can destroy a young person.
0: Pastor Mark reminded us that wisdom is living life according to God's point of view, with God's values and in God's timing. The primary source of wisdom is from God. A secondary source of wisdom is found in the home. It comes from the parents, a mom and dad. The parents must teach this wisdom and model it in their daily lives. The home is where children make up their minds how they want to live. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4003, and the title of this message is Wisdom in the Home. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 4003, and the title of this message is Wisdom in the Home. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue to talk about the important role parents play in their child's life. Parents are the first people that children will imitate. This is where the foundation of their beliefs are laid. Pastor Mark will challenge us in the next teaching to get involved in a local Bible teaching church and teach our children at home about God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: And our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your Lessons for Living Lord, let us hear Your Lessons for Living